Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. Well, I said last week that I was going to talk about uh, the grand presence this week as the next step in our series about the nature of presence. How I have, I'm going to put that up to, off to a few weeks' time now. And this week I want to talk about the idea of dealing with difficulty uh, as it seems apt, given the situation that we're in. You know, all these spiritual precepts that we talk about here, they're not designed to make happy, shiny people. Their value, the value of the wisdom, is that it helps us to navigate our way in the most difficult times. This wisdom gives us the confidence to know that we can handle whatever the universe throws at us. In her book, Interrupted Life, Etty Hillesum talks about what it was like to be swept into Auschwitz concentration camp, where ultimately she died in 1943. She says, a camp needs a poet, one who experiences life there as a bard, and he's able to sing about it. At night, I lay in the camp on my plank bed, surrounded by women and girls, gently snoring, dreaming aloud, quietly sobbing and tossing and turning. Women and girls who often told me during the day, we don't want to think, we don't want to feel, otherwise we're sure to go out of our minds. I was sometimes filled with an infinite tenderness and lay awake for hours and I prayed, let me be the thinking heart of these barracks. And that is what I want to be again, the thinking heart of the whole concentration camp. She writes, I know that those who hate have good reason to do so. But why should we always have to choose the cheapest and easiest way? It's been brought home forcibly to me how every atom of hatred added to the world makes it an even more inhospitable place. Here is a woman whose wisdom prepared her to face the unimaginable. And that's really the role that wisdom has to play. It's designed, wisdom's designed to show us the true reality of the life that we live in and enable us to respond appropriately to any situation. As I said a few weeks back, the holy grail of all of our lives is to have a worldview that works for us in all situations, in all times, and in all ways. We need to have a clear context for our lives that doesn't depend on any specific situation or outcome. It prepares us to respond appropriately to whatever the universe has to throw at us. Our strength is to remember that, that when the situations occur that we don't like, we can remember that, to remember 
that we have a purpose within those situations. To feel the pain that we have, not to blame others for it, and to respond with all the love that we can muster. To get caught up in blame or what-ifs or judgments about what's happening is just to let the mind take over and play the same tapes again and again. And nothing changes when we do that. It's not about feeling happy, about blowing smoke up our noses to make us feel that way. It's about engaging with difficulty and responding with love. When I, I accepted this job here six years ago, I wasn't coming here because it was Aspen. I wasn't coming to ski or to go to festivals. I wasn't actually even coming to have a great time. I came here to work on the nature of consciousness. And from what I read, that's what the chapel was about. I must admit that I did show the chapel's balance sheet to an accountant friend of mine, and he said that it was good for at least three years. And that was enough for me, and I seem to have got six out of it without a problem. However, now we do have a problem. But the issue here is not the problem. The issue is not the fact that we've run out of money. It's not the fact that we've lost three very good people who put their lives into this. It's not the pain and the, difficult, the difficulty that all this causes. Now, the issue really is how we're going to respond to the problem and at what level. We have to avoid responding at the level of how could this happen, who's to blame, why were we not told sooner? Nor should we respond only at the level of how do we fix this, or what should we do next, or what's going to happen to the chapel. The way to respond, I think, is to look at how we're feeling, what we're thinking, and to take stock of where our minds are at all this and in relationship to all this. What level of consciousness do we naturally gravitate together when we get a problem like this? Where do we naturally gravitate to? And then I think, as Michelle Obama would say, how do we go higher? How do we raise the level of consciousness given the effect of this situation on us? How do we respond in the most loving way? Do you know, I've been banging on here every Sunday for six years. That's 2,500 words a Sunday. 2,500 times 52 weeks times six years, which means 780,000 words. Now, War and Peace is only 587,287 words. And I've got to assume that at least part of those 780,000 words that I've said have got through and, and that you do understand what this is about. It's not about the chapel. It's not even about the staff. It's about how we're all going to respond to this and any other difficulty that 
we all might be facing right now. The chapel's more in my face because it's what I'm living and breathing right now. It's probably not the same for you. You may be facing other difficulties, and although our difficulty may impinge on you, the key thing is that we all have to face our difficulties. We have to see them in the light of being the grist for the mill of our consciousness to enable us to turn the lead of pain into the gold of love, which is the nature of emotional alchemy. Those of us intimately involved with the chapel have to use the experience of pain that we have here in exactly the same way. It's something that's coming to our consciousness, into the orbit of our lives, and as such, it's challenging us to respond in a way that's both loving and makes a contribution to the transformation of the greater consciousness. I know for me, it means that, you know, I have to step up to the plate to keep my eye on the ball and to lead by example. I have to look at where we need to go next, how we're going to do it, and what part I need to play in that. I wonder what it challenges you to do. How could you respond in a way that's both loving and self-transforming? That's always the approach we have to take in dealing with any difficulty. And you know, just to remind you, over the last, it seems like 85 weeks, but it's less than that, I've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount. You know, as conscious beings, it says in the Sermon on the Mount, and that whole Sermon on the Mount is really a lesson to any trouble that we're going through. That's, that's why it was given to us. It says as a conscious beings, we realize that our understanding is limited. So we choose within that limited understanding not to know the answers to the great questions about the nature of reality, but instead to choose to live within those questions. The answers being too wonderful for us to know, as the psalmist says. We have to have the humility not to know and to accept our role of being a portal for the love at the center of all things to come into the world and to enable the gradual and evolutionary transformation of consciousness. We choose in our lives to become living sacrifices, sacre ficio, made holy by our trust in the unfolding universe and our willingness to be used by it. Our lives are lived through the portal of the present moment. And in the present moment, all we have need of is given to us to respond to. The problems, the dramas, the episodes that come our way are all opportunities for us to bring love into the world through our loving response to what comes our way. You know, our role is not to come up with marvelous ideas as to how to make the world a better place, just to respond lovingly to what we see in front of us. And to that end, our minds have a role to play in discerning when to act, to wait, as the Tao says, for the mud to settle and right action to arise by itself. And, you know, to get to this point, we do have to move through those attitudinal formations in the Beatitudes, the not knowing through 
being poor in spirit, the yearning for the divine in our mourning, not trying to control outcomes by being meek, thirsting for right relationship with the divine nature, seeing compassion as the agent of the realization of oneness, being sufficiently detached from worldly concerns to see the true nature of the divine reality, seeking peace within ourselves and trusting the nature of the universe, even when we have to deal with suffering. And Jesus sets those out just in those 10 verses, and they speak directly to us as we go through difficult times. And then he goes on, you know, just to remind you in the rest of the sermon, you know, to talk about the importance of, the, of doing that work, the salt and light passages. It's incredibly important that we come back to that. And he shows us how the kingdom works, the idea that law comes from a non-dual perspective where there's no distinction between heaven and earth. He asks us to love all of creation, including our enemies, and to be true to our own inner calling rather than just playing to the gallery. He shows us how to open that portal to the divine when we're in trouble using the Lord's Prayer and says we absolutely have to be one focused in the approach. We can't serve, and it's, you know, for us important here, we can't serve both God and money. So through the Sermon on the Mount, he's, Jesus is giving us pointers to what living within the kingdom means. And we have to take that on board in a difficult situation. It's a how-to of living that life filled with love, a philosophy of how to live our lives more skillfully, as I said before. And then he asks us to watch our minds, not judging, asking for help if we need it, and entering the kingdom of heaven through the portal of the present moment. From what we're asked is to take mastery of our own process. That's what we're being asked to do and not rely on outside masters, but to have trust in our own process and the way that the universe will help us to be a part of the evolution of a greater whole. That's the foundation he gives us. It is specific and defined, and yet it's liberating. And we do have the wisdom within that to deal with anything that comes our way so we can relax into that peace that passes all understanding. And unless we approach our lives like this, we're really just whistling in the wind. And I'm just really doing spiritual stand-up on a Sunday morning. To respond in the way that Jesus is talking about is to allow ourselves to be moved by the presence of the issues that are in our lives not to resist them or to throw them to somebody else, but to embrace them and allow the presence of these issues to galvanize and change us for the better. And that's what we do here at the chapel. We will change for the better. We will allow this to show us a new way of being, both independently and corporately, and hopefully we'll grow stronger through it. And perhaps you'll Help us with that in any way that you can. We all have to have the patience to wait till our mud settles and the water is clear. We have to have the patience to remain unmoving till right action arises by itself. Because the master does not seek fulfillment. Not seeking, not expecting. She is present and, wel and can welcome all things. This is about knowing 
that we all have it within ourselves to know what to do and when to do it. We've spent our lives investing in wisdom, and every day we have a chance to put that wisdom to good use. Today is just another day with another set of experiences that are given to us for the benefit of all. So let's use that wisdom in the best way that we can. And I wonder if we could just maybe even look at where we are at the moment, maybe with our eyes closed. Just notice what thoughts are going on with you at the moment. What feelings are happening? What is it that you're concerned with? So I just invite you to sit with what you have and be at peace with how you're feeling and thinking. knowing that this is what you've been given. It's yours. Not something that you can push onto someone else, but something that you can use to make a contribution to others. How can we bring our best to our lives right now? Bring the best to what is around us and whatever situation we're faced with. How can we respond with love? How can we show care? How can we get our own issues out of the way and let that greater wisdom come through? I mean... I mentioned Etty Hillison at the, at the beginning of uh, that talk, and you, you're big on Etty Hillison, aren't you? I mean, there, there is someone, I think, who, you know, we can all get all, caught up in our own lives and what we're doing in our own lives, but there is someone who's facing the most unimaginable situation and responding, you know, out of love, in a, in a way. Yeah, Etty Hillison has been such an inspiration to me. Um, uh, how she, like, over those years, and, and the diary that she wrote is, is completely amazing. It shows, it shows her path to transformation, where, you know, she arrived at this place where she, she just could not hate the people that were doing that to them all. And, um, and you know, just that simple prayer of, you know, let there just be a little place, God, where you can reside inside me, and let me be there too sometimes. Yeah. You know, just such humility and poise in the midst of those circumstances is kind of an amazing example for us. And, you know, in dealing with difficulty, it is always, we always go to, you know, the solutions, the blame, you know, the situation. Uh, that, that's the natural place that we, we, everybody goes to. You know, that's why wars come from, everything like that. But it's a natural place. And the idea that there is a deeper place to go to it's something we really have to remind ourselves of, I think. I mean, it's, it's interesting that inside of every difficulty is, is an opportunity and that we can choose, as you were saying, um, 
at what level of consciousness we're going to approach it. And maybe at, at different levels, like we, we can approach, you know, our issues here with, with a level, like with rational consciousness, but also with a sense of visionary consciousness and, and with a, a sense of, um, hope. I, I just have this sense of like, um, within difficulty, it gives us an opportunity of really mining the depths of every, everything we've been talking about here these last weeks and finding that, that well of hope inside us, finding those divine resources that are, that are so there and available to us and, and living into that place of divine indwelling, um, being resourced from that and, and just watching the extent to which we, we are living from our kind of um, well, Cynthia Berger would call it, you know, our egoic operating system, which doesn't really get us anywhere. Well, it, egoic operating system. <laughs> yeah, I didn't the jargon there that I missed. No, she, she talks about the, our egoic operating system. Our where, egoic operating system. Where, um, where, we, it, where we so easily fall into, as you were talking about, like um, blaming or scapegoating or too much like this or that. And instead, you know, if we could just fall into this uh, a spacious sense of possibility, um, expect, expecting something new to be formed, you know? It's difficult to do that when you're strapped to the track and the train is coming down towards you though, isn't it? That's the problem. You know, you, you know, we can talk about this, but when you're actually in that situation and you're walking into Auschwitz or the strap, you're strapped up to the track and the train is coming down towards you, you know, it's very difficult to, you know, to be marvelous and to, to do that in those sorts of situations. I mean, do you have any thoughts about how how one might be able to respond in that? Well, I I just think that as you were as you were saying that that hopefully hopefully we, you know we've all been doing some work on what we've yeah. been talking about over our lifetimes, and that there is this this point within us that's accessible right in the midst of a disaster. You know, if, the, if we were about to be hit, <laughs> that we can access that point of of peace and of trust. I, I just, I, I think there's something there that I don't want to sound too, um, um, you know, rose-tinted glasses, but, but there, is, there is something there that, I mean, I feel it, and I've felt it in my life, this sense of being resourced, especially when I most needed it, you know. And I think it's about where your point of commitment is, really. In the, you know, it is a, such a, a worn passage but when, you, when it says that, you know, you can't serve both God and money, he's really saying, you know, when that train is coming down the track, you know, at some point you have to know where you are committed to. And, you know, you, your sacrificio, your, your living sacrifice is at that point. And I think that's what Etty Hillisum had done when she walked into Auschwitz. She, you know, there was a certain commitment that had been made that she was not going to let go of whatever happened in those circumstances. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was also thinking of, like, we all uh, at times in our life are reduced to, like, um, our ground. I was thinking of that word hummus. Doesn't that word mean ground? Yeah, it means hummus, earth. Ground, like yeah. earth. Like, we're reduced to our bare selves. And if we can just, like, be with our bare selves and, like... Um, and then yeah, I was thinking of um, Ray, Brother Rafe up at the monastery who used to, apparently he used to say, do you have enough being to be nothing? Like just to, sometimes we just have to be nothing. Do you have and enough to, being to be nothing? Do you have enough being yeah. to be nothing? Good. Anything else? Are we, are we there, do we think? 
<laughs> we're never going to be there. We're never going to be there, but at least uh, we banged on enough. Yes. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.